Lakeside's been proclaiming the gospel from the southeast side of Springfield for over 60 years. The last couple of years have presented us challenging opportunities for ministry. We know God is moving among his people here at Lakeside. More than ever, we are poised to help people find God, follow Jesus, and fulfill their God-given purpose. We've seen some exciting growth this past year and since momentum building as we go forward into 2023. As I reflect back on this past year, on 2022, one of the most exciting and encouraging things for me has been the return of folks to, to corporate worship and being able to worship together. That's been a lot of fun. It's been energizing. I've loved the increased guest flow. It's been great to have new folks coming into our midst. So I look forward to this next year, helping those, those guests get plugged into our community and to help our, our Lakeside folks find their way into, into serving and building up the body here at Lakeside and engage the community in, in a real and intangible way. Those are things that I'm excited and looking forward to doing over this next year. We had a great 2022 in the student ministry. We saw a lot of new students getting involved and our students learned about God and how to love Him and others more. We've already had a great start to the year by learning how to grow deeper in our faith at both the high school and junior high retreats at LSCA. And we're excited for our students to continue to grow and learn through our student classes, youth groups, and camps this summer as well as giving them opportunities to invite unchurched friends to fun connection events where they'll all hear about Jesus. In 2022, we started Encounter 45 on Wednesday nights. We've created a space specifically for fourth and fifth graders that feels like a youth group setting. This past year, we've really hit on discovering who God is and all the words that describe Him. In the beginning of this year, we've been looking into how our lives can be messy, but even when it's difficult, we can lean into God during those hard times. I want these fourth and fifth graders to learn more about God, grow deeper in their faith, and show others the love of Jesus. Worship ministry is all about connecting the gathered people with the true and living God. We do that through celebrating His story, and responding to Him in song and other acts of worship. This past year, we've seen God move in amazing ways in our worship gatherings. We've learned new songs, involved new musicians, and implemented new technologies, all with the aim of drawing closer to God as His community and people here at Lakeside. Through worship, we want to not just hear the gospel story, but do the gospel story. It's how we practice what we believe and rehearse for our daily lives in the world. In 2022, Lakeside Ladies Night began. Each month, one of our Lakeside Ladies shares with us encouragement from God's Word. We have a theme each month from bingo to crafts for the nursing home. We have wonderful food to enjoy and so many ladies to get to know. Lakeside Ladies Night happens here at the church the second Tuesday of every month at 7 p.m. Please come join us. As we look back over the past year, we have witnessed a rise into double digits in both decisions of people making Lakeside their church home and baptisms into Christ. It's always an honor and a pleasure to have those life-changing conversations, and especially to see new births into a resurrection hope. In this new year, as part of the Lakeside family, there are many ways you can grow, encourage others to grow, and serve one another. We have teams that pray, prepare meals, visit the hospitalized, complete jobs in the home, and support missions. We have classes and groups that study God's Word and spur one another on in the faith. I encourage you to partner together with us in the work for Jesus in 2023.
It's a great time to be part of the ministry of Lakeside. God's Spirit is moving among us and moving us forward. In His power, even greater things are yet to come. Well, good morning. As you know, uh, once a year we do set aside one Sunday and we unplug from our series and just try to help everyone that's coming, that's new, uh, that's been here, uh, that's a member here, uh, get their mind around some of the uh, stuff that's happening past, present, and future. So uh, this morning we're going to uh, report on the past year to our membership, and that happens after the service. Uh, we're going to affirm our elders and trustees. That's something that our membership will do uh, after the service. Uh, and I'm going to share a little bit about our vision for the future. So regarding this past year, uh, everyone will be dismissed except our members, and uh, there'll be a brief annual meeting. And uh, even if you're not a member, you can still get a copy of our annual report. It's a beautiful report. It details all the things that our ministries have been doing, uh, that our missions partnerships have been doing, uh, just exciting highlights from this past year. It's frustrating to do a message because I was like, I could share so many things about so much stuff that's going on. You know, like where do you start, where do you stop? But that report definitely carry, does some heavy lifting if you want to uh, dig into some of that. For our financial junkies, show of hands, who are, they, who are you? Uh, you're out there. Uh, you can get like a detailed balance sheet and financial report, and you can see the budget for 2023 and how we did. And so there is financial transparency, and we do want trust, and we want to convey, answer questions, whatever. So that's in the report. There's also attendance and membership stats historically, so you can see how we're doing and, and what's happened, especially over the last few years. So anyhow, our membership uh, on this Sunday also affirms leaders for the next year. And so if you are newer, you might be curious about this. Uh, Lakeside is an elder-led congregation, and we're led by ourselves locally as an elder team. We're not part of a denomination. We are part of a larger association, a brotherhood of churches. Uh, but our elders, we're an elder-led church. Our elders are accountable to Christ for things like pastoring the church, protecting the congregation, not just doctrinally, uh, praying over the congregation, overseeing the ministries. They're very much involved in the nitty-gritty. Uh, so our elders are accountable uh, to Christ, and they must satisfy certain scriptural qualifications as well as their wives. So it's not just elders that are in view, but elder couples that are really at the center of this ministry, leading and modeling the way. And so not only are there scriptural qualifications, but on a practical level, uh, our elders and their spouses must be aligned philosophically with our ministry and how we understand uh, our role to be on behalf of Christ in this world. So there needs to be that kind of unity. Uh, an elder and his wife must contribute positively uh, to the overall church culture and, and be a model of that. So uh, our elders uh, nominate, prayerfully nominate uh, folks and uh, potential elder candidates go through a year-long process and there's a lot of prayerful deliberation with it and the names are presented to the congregation and they're affirmed and that's what's happening uh, later this morning. 
Now, elders can serve three or four-year terms. The reason uh, that it's that way is sometimes we've had years where a majority, you know, of elders were going off at the same time, and we're like, we can't have everybody go off. We want to kind of balance things out. So usually they serve three-year terms, but they have an option to serve a fourth year. And every year, regardless of, you know, whether a person has two years or three years or four years, every single elder has to be reaffirmed every year. And that affirmation process is kind of a check and balance. So even our elders can be removed should, they, should that be warranted. You know, it's like, hey, these turkeys are not doing a good job. So let's, you know, that happens every year. So, you, you know, we don't suffer for two or three or four years while, you know, things go crazy. We also have a slate of trustees at the church that get affirmed this morning. And they carry out fiduciary matters. So they audit things. And they operate independent of the elders and stuff like that. Now, if you are newer to Lakeside, uh, we want you to think about becoming a member of the church. And this morning, you know, you'll, you'll have some exciting reasons and, and whatnot to consider that. But if you want to become a member of the church, we offer a monthly class called The Pathway. And the class will help you take steps of faith to obey the gospel. So we lay out the gospel very clearly, and here's how we respond in faith to that message. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. How do we trust him for eternal life? And so we, the most important thing is being included in Christ and becoming part of Christ, and that's the pathway class. We also offer the welcome to lakeside class, and again, that is offered every month, and the reason why is we constantly have people that are visiting, that are coming from a lot of different places. And, you know, if you need to trust Christ or join the church, we offer that all the time. It's a continual need. And so in the Welcome to Lakeside class, you can get into the nitty-gritty of stuff, and you can kind of nerd out if you want. You can learn about our history and where we've been, what we've built, all that kind of stuff. You can learn about our beliefs and ask questions. We lay out our ministry philosophy. It's not a secret. It's laid out in, in detail. Uh, things about our organization, if you want a copy of our church bylaws, I mean, I, you're like, i got to get that. I just have to have that information, you know, but we have that available. Uh, but we so badly, again, we want you to be included in Christ, but we also want you to be a vital part, a member of the body of Christ, to make an investment here with us to do something big for the glory of God. Now, regardless of your membership standing, hey, we all get to talk about vision this morning. And I don't love the word vision, but it'll do. Uh, there's a verse in the Bible that church pastors of every stripe love to quote about vision. And they always use the King James Version because it's an old translation, and all the newer translations kind of move away from this. But, and they always quote just half of the verse and never the whole verse. But have you heard it before? Where there's no vision, the people perish. And so what I want to say is there are some leaders who will talk about vision as if everything depends upon their personal vision or dream for the church. I'm not going to be that guy. And if you're looking for that, you know, uh, we'd love to have you at Lakeside, but I'm not going to be that. But it's not like we pastors, because of our role, go up on some mountain where Christ is transfigured in our presence and we receive some new, exciting, cutting-edge, awe-inspiring, innovative vision, 
etched in stone, handed to us directly from God's hand. That's not how it works. Actually, we go out in the cornfield, and it's written in corn. And it's just not as, you know, kind of leaves you wanting. No. That's not how vision actually works. And we don't want to go too far in, in saying something's of God when we're, when we're in reality, that's not, uh, you know, we're discerning things. So Proverbs 29, 18, here's how the verse is to be read. Without revelation, people run wild. I like that translation. And they perish. But one who follows divine instruction will be happy. So one of the things that our elders do, it's a task of our elders to discern and to take from what's already been given and discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God for our church at this time, at this place. So what is God's dream? And what is his design for the church? And the good news is, that is beautifully outlined in scripture. And not just Lakeside, but churches around the world really share kind of the same vision in that regard. Our vision is scripturally discerned, the core of it. And, and the further a church gets from scripture, the wilder or more worldly it becomes. Now, a lot of you are here because maybe you were part of a denomination or part of a church or some group or ministry that imploded because of its neglect of scripture. In the vacuum of scripture, man, all kinds of stuff fills that void. And things can get really wild and really drift far and, and wither and, and dry up and die as well. And so the reason that happens is because we get away from revelation, scripture, divine instruction. So when we talk about vision, uh, I like to make a distinction in regard to vision. I hope it will be helpful for you. We're taking last week's stuff and kind of applying it this week. I like to make a distinction between the vineyard and the vine, or between the trellis and the vine. So think of it this way. There is one and only one thing that is indispensable to the vitality of the church. Do you know what it is? Do you know who it is? John 15, 1. Jesus says, I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. That is the essential component. That is the cornerstone, the foundation. That's the whole kit and caboodle right there. Jesus is the vine. And I don't think Jesus mentions words very often if you actually read the Gospels. John 15, verses 4 and 5. Remain in me, and I in you. Just as a branch is unable to produce fruit by itself, unless it remains on the vine, neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. John 15 paints a vision of a people who remain vitally connected into Christ. And, and what does that look like? Well, first and foremost, Jesus says to abide in him is to abide in his words. And again, how quickly we wither when, and are consumed when we turn away from scripture. To abide in Jesus is to abide in God's love. And Jesus says, if you abide in me, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
So to abide in Jesus means we love God's word, we trust it, we believe the promises of scripture, we trust Jesus as savior for the forgiveness of sin, as our justification, as our righteousness, as our savior in every way. Uh, We trust Jesus as the way, the truth, and the life. We trust him as the good shepherd, the door, the gate, our resurrection and life, all these beautiful themes we've been unpacking in John. But love also repents and believes. It repents from those things that lead to death. Love confesses sin, but it also professes Jesus as Lord. Love even pledges itself. It makes a vow, a covenant. It declares its allegiance to Christ, and that's done in baptism. Love obeys the full counsel of God. So to love God and and abide in God is to keep his commands. And, And we're not a church that says, okay, we'll obey these things, but not these things. We'll pick and choose. It doesn't work that way. Jesus gave the mission to the church. He said, go and make disciples of all nations. And he commanded it. It's a command. Baptizing. Yes, we practice immersion. But we are not immersionists, as if that's the only thing that we care about, right? But we do practice baptism because Christ said, go into all the nations and cultures and do this thing. And he says, and teach people to obey everything, everything I've commanded. You know, from the least commandment to the greatest commandment. You know, if, if you break the least commandment and, and teach others to do the same, I mean, you don't want to do that, okay? So abiding in love is about lordship, keeping the commands. Jesus sets direction. He guides us, uh, instructs us. He's Lord. Uh, To abide in Jesus is to love one another. A new command I give you, that you love one another. Love needs a context. Everywhere in the New Testament, whenever there was a church, it had a geographical locale, a city, a place, a time, a history, you don't love in a vacuum. You don't love skipping across the surface of, of you know, church after church after church. You've got to be rooted somewhere. And so love is part of abiding and also a love for mission. We're not just servants. God's invited us as his friends. He's made his business our business, his disciple-making business. In fact, God says, I've planned works for you to do from the beginning of all creation. And God wants us to enter into those works. And he promises that he will do even greater things in us and through us as we abide in him. So abiding, the vine, the vine is living, it's organic, it's spiritual, it's divine, it's Christ. We're the branches, we're living, we're organic, right? And so there's a a passage in Romans 11 where the Apostle Paul is describing to the Gentiles, which means the nations, all of us, God chose the Jews as an instrument to declare his praises among the nations that the nations would believe. Well, we're part of the nations that believed. And, uh, but Paul says, Romans uh, says, that we've come to share in the rich root of the cultivated olive tree. What a beautiful image. We've come to share in the rich root the chosen root, the choice root of, a, of the cultivated olive tree. Not a cultivated one, but the cultivated one. God's the vine dresser. In his grace, 
He has chosen to graft us into the true choice vine who is Jesus. And so don't forget that we've come to be included in Christ by grace alone through faith. But verse 18, I love, it says, you do not sustain the root. The root sustains you. You do not sustain the root. The root sustains you. And that's a perspective that I want you to know uh, goes to the core of this preacher's philosophy of ministry, but also this congregation. Pastor, this is God's word. This is how I hear it. Pastor, God's not dependent upon your ambitions, visions, and dreams. Pastor, your ambitions, visions, and dreams don't sustain the church. You don't sustain the root. You don't sustain even the branches. The root sustains it all. I think you need to hear leaders say that, um, that we are under scripture. We are submissive. We receive from the vine. He sustains all. And we don't want to go further, too much further than that, right, when we start talking about vision. So organically, there is one and only one vision that matters, and it's God's vision. It's God's dream that we abide in him fully and bear much fruit for his glory. Now, some of you find yourself in different places. Uh, as I look out, I know that some of you are trying to find God. And the scriptures promise that if you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. If you're struggling and seeking God with all your heart, we would love to come alongside you and just walk with you in that and be a resource to you in that and pray with you in that. Don't feel threatened about that. If that's where you are, we want to walk with you and help you find God. Some of you are at a place where you found God and you found that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus is Savior and Lord. We want to help you follow Jesus, to be a healthy disciple, not just to, to check in and check out, but to really abide deeply in his words, to grow in loving obedience, to grow in brotherly love where you find your ministry and you make the impact God has in mind for you. We want you to find your mission, God's capital P purpose for your life. There is something that God wants you to do that matters for the eternity of man, but for the glory of God. And God wants you to lay your shoulder into that. So we also want to help you flourish and find your capital P purpose and bear much fruit for God's glory. For 23 years, I've been preaching at Lakeside. And I've, as long as I've served here, I've never really gone further than saying that our vision is to help people find God, uh, to follow Jesus, and then to fulfill their capital P purpose, to flourish. That has been the same vision, the same message from the very beginning. If our branch isn't flourishing, if our branch doesn't remain vitally connected to Jesus, if we're not producing fruit, if God's not being glorified, then we're failing God's dream, his vision for the nations. And so the organic vision is vital. The organic vine vision is central. But the other side of the conversation is that the vine and branches don't grow in a vacuum. They do grow in a garden, in a field, in a certain context, time, place, and locale. So when God sought to establish his choice vine in Isaiah 5, he built a vineyard. He built something 
tangible, bricks and mortar, uh, to facilitate the growth of what he had in mind. He cultivated the soil. He built a stone wall, a stone tower, a stone wine press. He built a trellis, walls. He appointed workers, all these things. The vineyard isn't the vine. It only supports the vine. And the vineyard only matters to the degree that it supports the vine. The vineyard isn't even the branches. You might even say that in some ways the vineyard isn't even essential. You know, that vine can grow if it just lay on the ground too, you know. It doesn't even need, that's how powerful and strong the vine is. So at best, the vineyard is a tool, an instrument. It may be the first thing that a person notices, but it's the least important because it's not the organic, the spiritual, the center, the vine. So some pastors will cast a bricks and mortar vineyard trellis vision. Some will cast a vine vision. We kind of have to do both, but I think it's important that we distinguish between them. The vineyard cannot eclipse the vine. Bricks and mortar dreams, yes, they're more physical, visible, and tangible, cannot eclipse God's spiritual dream and desire for our church. Uh, the, The vineyard dream is important, but it's not ultimate. It's temporal. It passes away with the created order, so to speak. The vineyard is all the stuff that we might build, all the activities we might do, all the technologies we utilize. Did you know Lakeside has a new app? You know, like that's exciting and it's great, but I'm also like, who cares in a way? Because it's little in the overall picture of things. It's going to be really awesome. It's going to help us to pray and to communicate. But the technologies we utilize aren't central. They're just the servant over here, right? But they're, you know, all the innovative things that we do to want to support that vine. Let's just keep them in their proper perspective. What is Lakeside's vineyard vision? Well, uh, this is going to be exciting, right? We're about $85,000 away from paying off the mortgage from our last expansion. I mean, last year, we gave more toward decimating debt in one year than we gave in any one year that Lakeside's been in existence. It was amazing. We decimate, like, it was like, boom, right? So uh, we, we're down to like $85,000 left. Just this little string, you know, we're just hanging on to this little bit of debt. So over a decade ago, we deeply renovated our entire lobby. And that space is still just as beautiful and useful and awesome as that first day. We renovated our entire junior high and senior high spaces and created very functional space back here. And it is just as awesome today as it was a decade ago when we did it. We built an entire children's wing so that our kids could have prime space, safe space, awesome space, useful space. And when we did that, we took some steps to give the vine some space to sprawl out. And boy, did it. You know, our attendance doubled. Our, our attendance has tripled since we've been at, uh, out here at this location on Toronto Road. But we spent $1.4 million to do that. And now there's 85000 left. During that time, we also did 300000 on a parking lot on top of all that. We've had to do air conditioning. We had to do all kinds of technological renovations during COVID so we could go online. 
you know, uh, this has been a very generous church. And we've had to do a lot of vineyard vision type stuff like that. But with every one of us working together, I think we could probably burn that mortgage pretty soon, don't you? Uh, maybe a month, maybe a week, maybe days, who knows? It's up to us. But we need to close that chapter and open up a chapter, a new chapter in Lakeside's uh, story. In the new f- near future, we're going to expand our vineyard. We're going to address our need for more space. Uh, the elder team, as I sit and, and listen to their hearts, our elders don't want to paint our church in a corner in the name of vision, which means God used COVID to remind us that we don't have a crystal ball. We don't get to determine the future. There are things that we thought we needed to do and said very specifically that we wanted to do, and people gave money towards those things before COVID that made absolutely no sense over the last several years as COVID has wreaked havoc. People's attendance patterns, their consistencies changed, Areas that we thought we needed space. I mean, everything, it just was like, you know, everything got thrown up. And you know that. But now that we're emerging from all that, uh, some of the same things are starting to present again. And our attendance is building up across the whole spectrum of our ministry. And congestion starting to be felt. You know, sanctuary in the youth and children's spaces in the lobby, in the parking lot. No, it's not at a critical stage yet. But we really have to plan ahead and save ahead in this current climate. So let me mention something about both those points. The most expensive and desirable vineyard thing that we might do is build a sanctuary. If we just wanted to solve the problem and get it taken care of, we would build a sanctuary. Here's the the deal. That is the most expensive space that you can build. It's $3 million, $4 million, $5 million. It's probably in the 4 to $5 million range. Uh, it keeps going up. Building costs, interest rates, all that stuff, it keeps going up. It costs a lot to build a sanctuary. But churches are doing it debt-free. Other churches are doing it debt-free. They're figuring out a way to accomplish it. So if we did that, this space could be renovated into multiple rooms, multiple levels, which would cost additional funds. But... You know, you think of the dominoes falling, you create sanctuary, you have youth and children's space, you've got classroom space, I mean, everything. The vine sprawls out in that space instantly. Like, I'm just saying, that would be the most awesome thing, probably, in terms of a vineyard vision that we could do. Another option might be to build a multi-purpose space. If you look in this room, this was a multi-purpose space and it still kind of is. It's like sanctuary-ish. But like in a, ugh, no one wants to do their wedding in here or anything. Like It's just like, okay, whatever. But, you know, you love our gym floor. The lines are still painted on it. But it's not quite a sanctuary. It's not quite a gym. It's kind of like a half of, you know. But we could build a multi-purpose space. And, yes, it would help solve the, the junior high, senior high children. You know, we could do recreational activities, gatherings, classes. We could, and, and the cost of that might be similar to what we've already done in the past, 1.4 million or whatever, you know. Anyway, everything's on the table. Whatever vineyard ideas or visions or dreams we have, it's written in pencil. It's not written in stone. It's a, it has to be a changeable picture, whatever we cast it. We don't have a crystal ball. We have to discern, like everybody else, what we might do. But we feel 
that the vineyard needs to be expanded that way. Now, times have changed. And I listen to the congregation. I think, you know, you have the Holy Spirit, I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has a way of communicating things to the body. I, I hear people saying, we really need to do what we've got to do debt-free, whatever it may be. Debt cripples everything. Uh, interest payments, not just in your life, but in the church as well, robs us. It robs our budget of tens of thousands of dollars. And if you're talking about a million-dollar building project, you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars that get robbed from the work of God to pay interest payments. And uh, most people don't have the stomach for that anymore. I mean, it's a different era. And plus, interest rates are doubling and whatnot anyway. So here is a, a vineyard vision point. In your giving, the most effective thing you can do is to prioritize the core fund. The core fund drives everything, our ministries, our missions, all of it. And when the core fund meets its uh, needs of the budget, all right, anything beyond that goes into an emergency fund. So we have a healthy emergency fund now. And so when something like COVID happens or whatever may happen, we've got many months of, of expenses saved back. It's just, you know, it's financial peace principles. But once uh, the emergency fund is flush and the budget is met, Everything else goes into vision. It goes into a pot that is for the future. It's for whatever emerges and whatever's needed. So if you give everything to the core fund, it's going to overflow and take care of everything. But this last year, people gave specifically, and we asked everyone, give specifically to the vision. Let's decimate the debt. It can, it's just a direct line. You can give any way you want. But I don't want to see, we don't as a leadership want to see the core fund uh, in our missions and everything else, our ministries, have to keep retracting back because the vineyard stuff gets, you know, we don't want that to eclipse the vine work that our budget really addresses. When you're doing ministry, you're doing direct vine work. The building helps, but it's like, it's got to be secondary, right? So in your giving, you know, prioritize the core fund and give generously and give faithfully. And I'll, I'll say this, a tithing church can build whatever the vine needs. It's that simple. God's always been faithful. A tithing church can build whatever space the vine needs. You can take advantage of financial peace. If you're struggling to get your own financial house in order and want capacity to be able to, to bless and serve, uh, we're going to have an estate planning seminar where you can have your estate done by lawyers and everything for free. And we'll help you uh, with your estate. And estate gifts have propelled Lakeside's ministry forward and we wouldn't be where we were without people remembering God's kingdom uh, in their estate that's all vineyard stuff let me conclude with a vine vision point God's vision for you is that you abide fully if you need to find God let's have that conversation very soon take advantage of the pathway class talk to a pastor do it soon the days are evil. You know, if you need to follow Jesus and that's where you're at, we want you to abide more fully in the vine than ever before. So get into a circle with other believers. We have classes. We have groups. We have ministries. You can go online to our website. You can now get the app. Did you know we had an app? Anyway. Uh, man, we are trying to do everything to make it so easy to get plugged in. Like, you really don't have an excuse. It's right there. Stuff every day, so many options. I mean, come on. 
Take a step and get plugged in. Volunteer and serve. Become a vital member of the body of Christ. And I'll say this, if you're ready to flourish and to fulfill your capital P purpose, we want to come alongside you and equip you to find your ministry. Yesterday, uh, we had our men's ministry on Saturday morning. And, you know, men's ministry is a program. You come to a program. You come to this allotted time and everything, and, and people think of that as men's ministry. But I told the men, I was like, this isn't really men's ministry. <laughs> men's ministry is what you do as a man to other men. You have a men's ministry. And you have a call in your life to make disciples of other men, of your families, of your workplace, of the nations. And, and as a man, step up and, and seize your ministry. And our men's ministry is really coming alongside you as a men's minister. You're, you're a servant, not just a servant, you're a friend. You're, you're a kingdom worker, you're a partner, you're a priesthood of all believers. Find your, and it's the same thing with the women. If you're a woman, you, we have women's ministry activities, but you have a women's ministry. As a woman, you, individually, but then corporately too, right? We want to help you fulfill your ministry. We have a student ministry. Students need to be on leash to fulfill their ministry. Uh, we have a missions ministry. We have to step up and fulfill our mission. Uh, this last week, uh, Sunny Boatman came in and she says, what are you doing Sunday? You know, what we're talking about vision and don't forget to mention Jeff and Laura Wilhoy. All right, so Jeff and Laura Wilhoy, Jeff grew up in our church and he was a young guy and did Bible Bowl and Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. Well, Jeff was somebody that people planted a lot of seeds and made a lot of investments in and, and he grew up through the years, right? And he went off to Bible college and studied and he learned how to translate the Bible for another culture. And so he's, he's one of our branches. Uh, but on his branch, there, if you follow it out, there's a whole nation. Because he's made the word of God, he's translated with his wife, Laura, with Bible, Pioneer Bible Translator. He's translated the word for a whole nation. A whole nation will now have the capacity to hear the gospel in their own language because of somebody that was sitting right where you were sitting. So if you want to set your sights high, right, there might be a whole nation whose eternal destiny has changed because you answer a call that God's putting on your life. That's what we're talking about. But here's the vision of Lakeside. We want to be a place where Jeff Wohoitz walk out the door all the time to go to other places and do those kinds of things. We want to be an effective, equipping, developing church. And so if you're ready to be developed and you're ready to find your ministry and ready to get serious to be used of God, you're in the right place at the right time. We've got a whole development infrastructure to help you do just that. And, and all you have to do is ask about it. The seed that fell on good soil didn't just thrive. It wasn't just healthy. See, God doesn't just want a healthy church. The healthy seed produced 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. You know, the average believer hasn't even reproduced once into another. Like, we want you to not only lead others to Christ and make disciples. We want plurality, exponential, multiples, like 30, 60, 100 times, right? We want you to fulfill your capacity. 
We don't want God saying to you one day, you wicked, lazy servant. What you said, like I gave you all this and you didn't do nothing with it. Are you serious? We don't want that conversation to be in your future or mine. So how can we come alongside you in your ministry and fulfill your capital P purpose? Uh, Dear Father, we thank you that your vision is so much more exciting uh, than anything we'd come up with. It's so vital, it's so life-giving, it's so big, it's so huge. It produces so much joy among the nations even. It's not even just something for us or even us here. It's for the nations that we glorify you and produce much fruit. Ignite something in us and through us. We offer ourselves as your instruments. Produce your fruit in us. We abide in you and we want to glorify you. We want to pray and ask for greater things. And we don't even know what to ask for sometimes because uh, you do more than we ask or imagine. So, hey, we just want you to be glorified. And we pray that we can uh, come alongside you in that. In Jesus' name, amen.